Welcome to the 23rd Perak of Sefer Malachim Beis, Perak of Gimel. Uh, we are time for Nach, and this is the Haftarah of the second day of Pesach, Yom Tov, obviously only in Chutzaret, and Malachim Beis, Perak of Gimel. And it's a beautiful start to the Perak. Allow me to uh, show you that beautiful start to the Perak. It goes as follows. Yoshia gathers, remember, Yoshia is still the king. Um, he is, uh, if you remember, he was completely inspired by what had happened in finding the Sefer Torah, the Tochacha, that was the previous parrot, but he gathers everyone to the Beis HaMikdash, and he reads from the Torah, he reads from that Torah which they found. They made a bris with Hashem, they were going to follow the Torah, and they burned all the temples, uh, obviously not the Beis HaMikdash, but the idolatrous temples, the Avadazara, the Molech, the Bizbech of Yeruvam, and also the Asherah trees. It's just unbelievable. The, the Radak talks about how the sun was worshipped with different horses and carriages. In fact, the Shulchan Aruch talks about it. If you see certain images on, 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 on vessels of sun and all these kind of things, if it's Avodazar or not. Um, but he left the horses alive uh, because living things felt shouldn't be destroyed. The Radak talks about this. Either way, the founders of idolatry were dug up from their graves and burned. You see, sometimes things figuratively, literally, are so deep within our consciousness, or are so ingrained in Klal Yisrael's psyche, this Avodah thing, that you have to dig them up, burn them. You know, it's, it's, it's a physical thing, but it's a martial as well. You get them out from within, you know, under the ground, so to speak, in your subconscious, burn them, get rid of them. However, um, the graves, the kvarim of the genuine prophets, and even the false prophets, interestingly enough, they were spared. Um, he didn't touch them. Uh, which is interesting. Um, um, by the way, we, we have seen about not destroying horses before. It's interesting that theme coming up. All right, anyway. Um, witchcraft was, was uh, obliterated as well. Um, and Yoshia now is Mitzavah. He commands that the Korban Pesach be offered publicly, hence it being the Haftar of the second day of Pesach. It's interesting, at certain seminal moments of the Jewish history, the Korban Pesach is the topic. If you think about when we left Egypt, obviously, um, then we had again in the Midrash, Pesach Sheni, when we come into Eretz Yisrael, we talk about Karban Pesach in the times of Yehoshua, um, and it's not the last time that Karban Pesach is going to feature. Clearly, Karban Pesach is a return to Jewish identity. It also says the Maral, a return to Achdus, to unity. Right? It's why the Karban Pesach uh, cannot be cooked, uh, because when you cook, it, cook something, it softens. Uh, where you, add, you can't cook it in water, I should say. Um, if it's roasted, it actually contracts and, uh, and, and gets tighter together. And that's Kalal Yisrael. That's the unity of Kalal Yisrael. On Pesach, we don't want expansion and, and lack of connection to each other, softening. We want hardening, like the Kurha Barzel, the, uh, the, the, the metal purification um, that the Navi describes, the Navi... Cheskel describes the experience in Egypt. It galvanized us. It made us into a people, a tight-knit group of people. Amazing thing. Um, so he commands the Koran Pesach be done. However, um, Hashem's anger hadn't quite fully abated because of the sins of Menashe. And Hashem says that Yehuda, especially Yushalayim, the Beis Amikdash, is still going to be destroyed. Paramechov Mitzrayim, at this point, attempts to pass through Klanishal to get to Ashur, uh, to wage war with Ashur. Now, you may remember that this is the subject of one of the kinners on Tishabav. You see, Yosha was almost our last chance. The last chance. And we're going to see how it's blown now. Um, Yoshia didn't let Paranecho go through Eretz Yisrael to fight Ashur. 
Why? Because Yoshia land, there's a certain posset that says that the hair of the sword can't pass through your land. Um, and that even referred to these cases where they're not trying to wage war against us, but they're going to another land. I guess you see that Yoshia was very moved by the literal interpretation of the Torah. You know, we saw that in the previous barrack. So too over here. However, <laughs> he got it wrong. He got it wrong. In fact, he was warned that this was wrong, but he still got it wrong uh, because it's not the interpretation. And Yoshi was killed by Paranecho in battle in a place called Megiddo, the age of 39. And we now have his son, Yoyachaz. Uh, he rules at the age of 23 for three months. He was evil. He wasn't like his father. And meanwhile, Paranecho imprisons Yoyachaz and he crowns his older brother, Yoshia, and renames him Yoyakim. See, one of the terrible things to rename someone means you have control over their identity. Remember, their name is their identity. Yoyachas dies in Mitzrayim, Paramechad puts taxes on Kal Yisrael, and Yoyakim um, rules for 11 years. He was age 25 when he was, took to the throne, and he was disloyal to Hashem. It's a shame. It's a pact that starts with so much promise, and unfortunately doesn't end with that much promise uh, by the time we finish the parak. Um, it's interesting, but we said it's the Haftarah Pesach she, uh, of the second day of Pesach. Uh, it's only certain bits. We actually skip out of it in the middle. Um, there you have it. Parag 23, Chavkimot.